0: Hey there, are you ready to build a fitness business that becomes a true income-producing asset? Then I welcome you to the Fitness Business Freedom Show, brought to you by Fitness Revolution. I am your host, Justin Hanover, and we have over 15 years of experience building thriving fitness businesses, and we are committed to sharing our knowledge and expertise with you. You can expect to hear proven business foundations and frameworks, success stories from our coaching partners and guest experts to give you straight answers for your biggest questions. Doesn't matter if you have an online business, fitness facility or operate as an independent trainer, you are in the right place to grow your business and create the personal freedom you desire. Welcome to today's episode, I'm your host, Justin Hanover, Success Coach with Fitness Revolution. Before we dive in and bring on today's guest, I want to share a little bit about what you can expect to hear and who I have joining me. So today I have the pleasure of speaking with Greg Justice. Greg Justice is a best-selling author, speaker, and fitness entrepreneur. He opened AYC Health & Fitness kansas city's original personal training center in 1986. greg is the co-founder and ceo of scripter publishing group and chief fitness officer of endless rope he was inducted into the national fitness hall of fame in 2017. greg writes featured articles for many industry publications including club industry magazine IDEA Fitness Journal and Personal Fitness Professional Magazine and he is on the advisory board of the Personal Fitness Professional Magazine. He has authored or co-authored more than 30 books in his time. And this was such a special conversation to be a part of and to sit down and have a, a talk with a veteran in the industry that has helped shape a lot of fitness businesses today and fitness professionals. His story is eye-opening, and I know you will find this extremely insightful. Greg uncovered his path to where he is now, how his mindset has shifted from just starting out to what he has achieved to today. He has also discussed how he processed the opportunities that presented themselves to him along the way and how he knew which ones to pursue. And often this is an area that can send most down the wrong path, not understanding how to make the right decisions and accept the right opportunities. So I'm super excited for you to hear this conversation. Let's jump in and bring Greg on. Today's episode is brought to you by Fitness Revolution. So you started your fitness business, and you've been in the game now for a few years, you might have even seen some good growth over those years. But now you feel stuck, you feel like the momentum you once had just isn't there, and you don't know how to get it back. Should you be focusing on your marketing, your sales or your team? What is the next bottleneck to focus on that will allow you to break the chains holding you back? That is a great question. And one of the biggest skills as an owner is to be able to understand and identify the next biggest issue to keep your business moving forward. And that is exactly why Fitness Revolution has created our proprietary needs assessment to allow you to quickly see where your business stacks up and receive immediate feedback on what to focus on next. It's a quick 10 question assessment that will be able to provide valuable feedback to get you past sticking points and hitting your next goal. Whether you are currently stuck or feel frustrated with your progress or just want to dial in what's even working for you already, this assessment is the first step to making that happen. I invite you to head over to the show notes where a direct link to the needs assessment will be so you can easily access it there. Now, let's jump into today's show. Greg, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us, sharing your insights and wisdom from being in the fitness industry and helping other gym owners out there.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you today, Justin. I look forward to the conversation.
0: Likewise, and and the pleasure is all mine. So, I thought it would be great to just kind of start with uh, giving our, our listeners just a, a quick perspective overview, like
1: that 1,000-foot overview of how you became the Greg that we're speaking with today. Well, it, it comes from uh, getting what I call my PhD in business, and, and that stands for pig-headed determination. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, having a vision, um, and, you know, I go back to the uh, late 70s, early 80s when I started the process of figuring out what I was going to do when I grew up. And, um, it's been an ongoing evolution ever since. And, uh, you know, just being able to have that consistency of, of the vision and staying on path, even, even though occasionally you might uh, venture off the path, the key is to to have that vision long-term and be able Mm -hmm. to understand that the right way to get there is to stay true to who you are, and what that vision is.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's so critical. I, I think with and no matter what path you're walking in life, I mean, understanding what it is that you're walking towards and kind of what your North Star is and how you're even right. making decisions um, is critical. Otherwise, I mean, you can lose yourself pretty quickly in this space. Truly, and, truly. And because there definitely is not there's, not, there's not a shortage of options, let's put it that way. Right. <laughs> So taking us back to when you first got into the fitness industry, what exactly was your perspective then? What was your mindset then versus where your mindset is now? And and how did you start
1: to make those shifts to get to where you are now? Well, the mindset started to shift while I was in college. Uh, mm-hmm. My first two years of um, undergraduate work were not, uh, were, were not very successful. In fact, um, I uh, had a 1.4 GPA after my sophomore year in college Damn. and was really going nowhere <laughs> fast. Um, but it was a lot of it had to do with in high school. Um, uh, my guidance counselor <laughs> my senior year told me that I probably wasn't college material and probably should start looking into trade school or trade schools, try to figure out what to do for the rest of my life. And so, you know, as a 16, 17, 18 year old young man, um, that, that was hard to hear. Mm. And, and I started to believe what she told me and let her kind of dictate my path to a certain extent, those first couple of years. Mm. Um, but then my, my third, my junior year of college, I quit believing that mindset And what she was trying to tell me I was going to be, Um, and started to go down the path of believing in myself and taking responsibility for who I was and what I was going to become. And once I discovered exercise science, I mean, I'd been an athlete my whole life in uh, baseball and, uh, wrestling were my wrestling, mainly my main sports, um, and as I transitioned into college and started to go back into the exercise science um, routine, my junior year, that really changed everything. And I ended up graduating um, uh, with my master's degree with a 4.0 once I found my path there you go. And, and again, quit believing what someone else told me I could or couldn't do. Mm. And uh, everything changed. Um And then as I started to complete my undergraduate degree, there was a shift really in the industry. Uh, Back in the late 70s, early 80s, um, the fitness revolution was just starting to come in a wave of like aerobics and um, high intensity interval training and things like that were starting to kind of sweep the nation. It wasn't just tennis and racquetball and stuff like that, which people thought of Uh, uh, as fitness. And then the jogging uh, craze, you know, was kind of through the 70s. But in the 80s, it really took a shift. And there were a lot of young, entrepreneurial minded people that were realizing that there was a business to the world of fitness. Mm. And I started to kind of see that. And even though my path, what I thought I was going to do, which was to be a wrestling coach, a high school wrestling coach and Uh, history and PE teacher, um, my mind started to change because I saw an opportunity. And so rather than going the education route, uh, even though I got a degree in education, um, I started to look into opportunities to take advantage of this new burgeoning um, industry that was fitness. And personal training as an industry did not exist back then. Um, uh, there were zero certifications, um, but I saw a, a vision because working in the um, club environment, what I would see is working with a group of people in a setting, and then you would go and work with another person or a group of people, and you'd look back, and you would see people already doing things incorrectly that you had just corrected, mm. and and I uh, I bought a book at a garage sale. Uh, some of you uh, uh, in the, your 40s, 50s, 60s will remember the name Jake Steinfeld, uh, a, a yeah. program called Body by Jake. Well, I bought a book called Body by Jake um, at a church garage sale for 25 cents. And oh, that wow. book, <laughs> a 25 cent book, literally changed the path of my career. Um, as I started to read this, I realized that this guy, Jake Steinfeld, had, had created for himself, a business in Hollywood now, granted, where he was charging $250 for a 30-minute workout. And I'm thinking, wow, if I could do this in Kansas City, it would, it would change everything. Because again, there were no personal training businesses in Kansas City at the time. In fact, I'm not sure there were very many, if, if any, in the entire Midwest and so while working in the club environment, I approached my, the owner of the club and, you know, he kind of shrugged me off and said, you know, we're just going to stay focused on what we do. And, and then something very critical in my career path happened about three weeks before Christmas in 1985. I, I was managing this club at the time here in Kansas City. And it was my dream job. I loved it. I loved going in every day. I loved the people I worked with. And it was my dream job. I walked into my office, and I'm usually the first one there. And I saw the light on, and someone was in my office behind my desk in my chair. And I thought, ooh, this this isn't good. (laughs) uh, The club had been for sale, and this was the new owner of the club. And he proceeded to invite me into now his office (laughs) and and asked me to sit down. And we had about a 45-minute conversation, which was, again, a very critical 45 minutes of my career path. Uh, Because during that time, the first words out of his mouth, uh, the first topic were that he was going to change the leadership of the club and that I no longer had my job. He was going to bring his own people in. That was okay. devastating because I was a 24-year-old young man. Yeah. got dream job and was told that I was no longer the manager at that club. It, it devastated me. Mm. But I tried to maintain my composure as, as much as a 25 or 24-year-old young man could. And we proceeded to have a, a conversation for about 45 minutes on the transition because my concern um, certainly I was concerned for myself and what was next for me. But I was also very concerned with the health of the club, of my my friends that were the members of that club. Mm-hmm. And so we started to go through this dialogue that we kind of created a bond about wanting to see the transition go smoothly. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that was very critical because a lot of times, In those kind of situations, we might have, we might want to react negatively and burn Mm -hmm. bridges. And, um, uh, in fact, you know, one of my uh, sayings that I tell young trainers or really anyone is that, you know, bridges are made for crossing, not burning. It's Mm. so important to handle yourself professionally, even when it may not seem (laughs) like that's what (laughs) your instincts are telling you. Yeah. Um, but that was important because after leaving, on a, on a positive note, I went and can remember how devastated I was having to drive. My wife and I at the time were, had just been married six months, and um, I remember having to go pick her up in our 1985 Ford Escort <laughs> from her job no at, that evening, and I had the whole day basically to figure out how I was going to tell my new bride that mm. I had just been fired and and i i mean i was freaking out that whole day but when i went and picked her up um uh something very amazing happened and and it goes to cuz now we've been married for 37 years kind of lost track but uh, <laughs> you know she's been rock, rock steady for me and has been my rock for forever <laughs> um yeah. but i can remember her saying when i told her she said you know greg this is a great opportunity for you to go back and complete your master's degree, you've always wanted to do that. And, I, and I'll kind of take the story mm. back just a little bit, because I had dropped out of graduate school with one semester to go oh, wow. in completing my master's degree to come to Kansas City and get married. Because we were in a long distance relationship. My wife here in Kansas City and I was in eastern Kentucky. Um, uh, for a long distance relationship. Mm. So I dropped out with one semester to go, came and got my dream job. And then this happens. So with the second she said that, it was like an entire weight or the burden of life had been lifted off my shoulders because it freed me up to then make that a priority to go back from January to May to complete my graduate work in exercise Mm. science. It It was everything that I could have dreamed of from the standpoint of her being supportive And actually encouraging me to do that.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you know, it's a deep, deep sigh and um, went to bed, slept on it. The next morning, I started the process of planning. The first thing I did, I called my graduate professor who I had had a graduate uh, assistantship through for the first three semesters. And something amazing happened. Now, I will tell you up front that I'm a man of faith and I don't believe in coincidence.
0: No, yeah, I'm right uh, there with so, you. <laughs>
1: so I, I called my graduate professor and I said, you know, I'm thinking about, and this is three weeks before the semester was going to begin, uh, right before Christmas. And I said, you know, I know it's a long shot, but I thought I'd just call and see if there was something open because I really couldn't afford to pay for college. Mm. And he said, Greg, stop right there. You're not going to believe this. So said, just yesterday, my graduate professor left to take another position at the University of Kentucky. He said, it's open. It's yours if you want it.
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, just it's overnight
1: just, how my life changed. Yeah, you know?
0: it's crazy how that I, And how I, that I works, get though.
1: emotional when I think about it because the power of that. Just, yeah. You I couldn't plan that if you it. tried. no. No. And then everything started to take place over the next couple of days. I was making preparations to to head back to Eastern Kentucky. Uh, My wife is going to stay and work here in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, it's January to May to complete my last semester of graduate school. And then an interesting thing happened. Three days after getting fired, I got a call from the guy that fired me. And he said, Greg, I made a mistake uh, over the course of the last couple of days, the members have comments, they want you back. And it was like, Oh, (laughs) what do I do now? Because I've got this opportunity. I've got this opportunity, my dream job, all this. And I mean, I was, it hit me hard and I, and I had to make a split second decision. And I said, here, let me do this. I said, um, I've taken, uh, a position, to finish my graduate work. It'll take me five months. I will come back and work for you in five months if you'll have me, if you will allow me to start a personal training business in your club. And he's like, I, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what it means. I don't know anything about it because again, you got to understand yeah. personal training as an industry didn't exist.
0: That's crazy, yeah.
1: And so he, you know, he got kind of quiet and I didn't have anything more to say. So I got kind of quiet and it seemed like forever, but it's oh, probably only five seconds. He <laughs> said, you know, that sounds like a fair deal. Mm. We'll do that. So now, once again, I had set myself up coming back with a position where I could start my business mm. in his club. That's Completed cute. my graduate work, came back to Kansas City. My marketing plan consisted of a $40 pair of new tennis shoes, a a brochure (laughs) that I think we spent $50 on. My wife worked at a publishing company at the time. Uh, She had a friend who created this brochure. And I literally walked door to door in a very affluent area here in Kansas City, selling personal training door to door. That's how my business started. Wow. And and you'd probably get arrested for doing that these days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That probably won't go over too well. That's
1: all I knew. And and I had that, I think I mentioned it before, my PhD and pig headed determination. Yeah. And and I I had spent that five months creating a business plan. Hmm. And my business plan is what really guided me step by step through the process. And I think the first lesson there that was so important is the lesson of intentionality and putting it on paper to guide me. It was a five-year business plan. Wow. Yeah, and, that makes um, a big difference. Uh, it really does. And even in the early days, when people didn't get what, what I was going to do, I mean, my wife always knew I wanted to own my own business, but she didn't quite understand what it was. So as I showed her the business plan and as I explained to her what this business what my vision was uh, I, a key statement came out of her mouth that i will always remember she looked at the business plan and she looked at me and she said and people are going to pay you for this <laughs> and you know she didn't get it in fairness because there wasn't something to yeah, show that it could work
0: there's nothing comparable
1: there was nothing to, for her to understand to compare it to mm. um uh, and so that's the first story of, of kind of people that didn't understand what you were going to do. It's not that she didn't believe in me, but she just didn't get it. Mm. The second one, uh, I'll share a quick anecdotal story, anecdotal story. was one of my early mentors. Um, uh, he was a very successful entrepreneur here in Kansas City and ran some sports franchises. And, and as I explained to him and showed him my business plan, his comment, I can vividly remember him saying, he looked me square in the eyes and said, Greg, the one thing about it is you're at a great age to fail. Hmm. He said, if this doesn't work, you're only 24 years old. You've got the rest of your life to recover.
0: Yeah, that's very true.
1: And then the third anecdotal story I will tell you is um, I started my business in May of 1986 and And uh, in November of 19, or no, I'm sorry, in August of 1986, I got my first radio interview. And it was with the number one radio talk show host here in Kansas City. I mean, his talk show was listened by everyone. It was on an AM, going back to AM radio when it was (laughs) actually a big deal. Um, and, And I can remember sitting across the table from this guy, smoking, he was smoking a cigar, blowing the cigar smoke in my face. (laughs) <laughs> kind of laughing at the idea of what I was trying to do and said, he said, this will never work in Kansas city. We're too conservative of a market. He said, you're going to have to move to New York or you're going to have to move to California. It will never work in Kansas city. Oh, wow. So those three anecdotal stories of people not getting it, mm. but me having that pigheaded determination and that vision of what I saw. Yeah. And, and, and the path that I saw. Now, that doesn't mean it was a linear path. You know, there were things that oh, I kind of yeah. did at the time, but I still had that vision. And again, being a man of faith and, and knowing from an ethical, moral, and legal perspective of what I was going to do and the, and the path that I was going to take, I knew I could do it. I just mm-hmm. knew there there was no... Yeah. Second guessing myself, even though others had second guesses. Yeah. so There was no
0: plan B. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I just, I didn't give it a second thought relative to yeah. a plan B. Um, but, but having that faith in yourself and that belief in yourself and that mindset, mm. uh, I think is so critical. Absolutely. And, and, and I think sometimes we are our, our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. When we start to second guess and go, you know, maybe this isn't going to work. Yeah. And, and, and I just never had that. I never had that thought in my mind that it wouldn't work.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's, you said a couple of things there I wanted to highlight because I think sure. are really beneficial that people need to pay attention to. Uh, and one of them, like tying it back to. How you went like door to door in the beginning and not like we said not necessarily saying that that strategy would work today but it's the mindset behind the strategy that you are willing to do what you need to do at that moment to make the next step happen and so many people today aren't willing to do that they aren't willing to like okay like you're not starting out with a lot of money then you you have to do what you have to do to make it work at that that where you're at at that moment uh, or you take a loss and, and something happens and it's like okay you have to adjust and and do what is required at that moment so like that type of mindset is such a key to success and then which plays into what you said of how you had such conviction in what you were doing because like any little glimmer of doubt it's gonna you're gonna hold back in some area and you're gonna withdraw you're gonna not do everything that you should do you're not gonna show up in the way that you you should show up when you meet people uh, and it's going to affect your business so but when you have that conviction that this will undoubtedly work out one way or another, I'm gonna make it work then that's felt that's seen in your actions and, and that resonates with people in a different way. Uh, so like that is so powerful and think and underrated with how people build successful businesses. I think people constantly keep looking for like these tangible tactics and they mm-hmm. overlook what's going on in within you um, that's actually preventing you from being successful.
1: truly and I think the consistency is also i mean just like in fitness itself consistency is so much more important than you know the focus on a period of time you know mm. 12 my, one of my big frustrations and again i hope that those of you that are listening to me don't don't get me wrong when i say this um because i know the industry there's a a big push toward 12 week type programming and lose mm. 30 pounds in 30 days and all of that stuff. I I get that. I have never been a 12 week kind of mindset guy in that regard. When I get a client, my mindset is that they are with me for 30 years, not 30 days. And, and truth be told, as you and I sit here right now on, uh, you know, in, in this late December, 2021, my average client has been with me for over 33 years. Wow, my average client. Jeez, um, that's my again. That was part of the long-range strategy mm-hmm. of my program too. I don't want you for thirty days, yeah. you know, because we we can't scratch the surface of what fitness is in thirty days. Mm. You can lose thirty pounds in thirty days. It's not real healthy, but you can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but but what you haven't done is changed those habits that got you in trouble in the first place. So we want to focus on a lifetime of health and well-being, not 30 days to lose 30 pounds. That's, that's yeah. my mindset. So, again, I'm not knocking those of you that have those, those programs. That's just not my mindset. And yeah. I will tell you, a 30-year client is like having an annuity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You> know, recurring <laughs> revenue for 30 years yeah. with multiple clients will put your kids through college. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is a big part of like being in this type of business is it is built on the quality and the longevity of your relationships with people. And if you're kind of churning and burning through people, then yeah it's it's you're going to reach a a ceiling at some point in your area of what you're able to do um because like people have been there done that tried that they're on to the next thing because like you've trained them to respond in that way um where like your approach where you come at it with like a long like i'm i'm going to be working with you for the rest of your life, uh it, then that's gonna change how you talk to them, how you act around them, like the experience that they that they have while they're with you. Uh, that all plays into it. And yeah, I think they're there definitely has been an overwhelming push towards this short-term stuff uh, because I think people are putting the money over the relationship first and they're looking at, okay, how can I get some quick money uh, and just keep this process going basically rather than, okay, like maybe you don't make as much up front, but now this person's with you 10, 15 years. uh, How much is that worth to you?
1: Well, and there's an interesting dynamic from a psychological perspective because so much of what we do is psychology and i think it's under, it's important to understand that the longer a client is with you the less resistant they are to price increases they don't care. i mean it doesn't even matter to them that i'm probably the most expensive trainer in kansas city No, um, yeah. because incrementally over the years you know i uh, started charging 25 dollars an hour back in 1986 <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And definitely will not survive now. <laughs> yeah. And now my rates are $140 an hour. Yeah. So incrementally they've gone up. Now, truth be told, I don't take new clients. My last official new client that I took was in 1994 um, because I have a staff that does all the new client stuff. So mm-hmm. the clients that I train are the clients that have been with me for over 30 years. Wow. And, and again, it's that lifetime um, relational process that, like I said, it's like an annuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also look at my business, AYC Health and Fitness, which is you know, Kansas City's original personal training center, um, as the mothership. The mothership is what has allowed me to do all the other wonderful, amazing things that I've been able to experience in my career through transition phases of opening other businesses. And I've opened opened multiple businesses um, throughout the course of my career because of the stability and the foundational component uh, that we have built with AYC. Mm. So I think it's important to understand that when you have that mothership, whatever it is, you know, what it allows you to do and the opportunities that it allows you to uh, pursue. And the longer you're in the game, the higher level of quality those opportunities are.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that's very true. I think that's something that, again, I think people forget too, that like along with, yes, building this business um, and and serving people in this specific way, it also should be opening up um, ways to leverage your time better. Um, Because I mean, like the last thing you want to be doing is just making yourself like, uh, chained to this business uh, so right. that you're not able to do anything and then it really doesn't have that lasting impact then to where it affects it impacts your family it impacts your community uh in, in a bigger way um if you're stuck to basically just working a job every, otherwise i mean you might as well just work a job and have less stress uh if yeah. you're not looking at it from that um that perspective so that, that definitely is a, a good point to to hit on and how doing this right and establishing it um, in a right way, having the right systems in place, is going to allow you to then branch into other areas, um, whether it be serving people in different ways or adding different income streams. I mean, whatever that may look like, Uh, but you can't do it. Obviously, like you said, if you don't have that solid foundation um, first.
1: Well, and it's important, it's critical. It is absolutely 100% necessary that you have multiple streams of revenue Mm. because if you don't, Something like what happened, you know, a couple of years ago with the COVID could have, have, and and it did, unfortunately, I have a lot of friends in the industry that it killed their business. Now, I will get asked a lot of times by trainers, um, why are you still working in your business? Mm. And, you know, why are you still training? And a couple, a couple, there are a couple of reasons. First and foremost, it's because I want to. I get to, I get to decide what's right for me. Mm. There's not a cookie cutter solution that says, when you get to this point, you need to step out of your business and you know, work on your business, not in it. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't buy that. I want to create my vision of what I want to do. And mm-hmm. so uh, and a secondary reason is because the people that have, have served my business so well that I've been able to leverage through the course of my career, into other businesses, I won't abandon them. So, so the fact that these people have been with me for 30 plus years, I'm not going to walk away from them. Mm. And so my schedule is built around 20 hours of training a week, give or take.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, and then the rest of my time is through my publishing company, uh, through my equipment company, which is a company called Endless Rope um those are opportunities that i saw that i pursued um and um i will also say and i think this is important too because i'm going to kind of transition a little bit um psychology will tell you that you can handle successfully about five roles mm. okay and and i'm going to give you an example of what happens when another big role or opportunity comes along it's important that you discard something You don't keep adding to it. Okay, first and foremost, I am a husband. I am a father. I own AYC Health and Fitness. I own Scripter Publishing Group. And I am an owner in Endless Rope. Those are my five roles in life. Okay, Mm. now, before my most recent opportunity, which was uh, Endless Rope, Came along, I owned a company called the National Corporate Fitness Institute. It is okay. a certifying body that brings in trainers and helps them leverage contacts in the corporate wellness world. We were a global operation. We were in over 30 countries, all 50 states, six Canadian provinces. It was by all, you know, uh, by pretty much every standard, a successful business. Mm-hmm. When this opportunity came along that I saw that really pulled me, Endless Rope, um, I knew that I couldn't add something to my pull. I mean, I had to get rid of something. The National Corporate Fitness Institute was not bringing me the joy that I saw Endless Rope bringing me. Mm. So we sold, my business partner and I, we sold the National Corporate Fitness Institute. I brought in Endless Rope, and those are my five roles in life. And so I think it's That's important crucial. not to take on too many things because mm-hmm. if you've got 14 roles, <laughs> you're, you're not going to be good. You're not going to be there enough for any no. of them.
0: Yeah, no, definitely yeah. not. And like you said, it's about quality over exactly. quantity and, and and having that impact. And and like kind of a word that I like that you said is that when you're talking in reference of like how you like how you've established your business and like what your days look like is that you said you get to do it not have to do it there's a big difference
1: there yeah and i will tell you um i am a 3 30 a.m kind of guy yeah and the truth be told i don't remember the last time my alarm went off and my wife will will tell you that it i wake up excited every day you know i've been in this industry over 40 years and it's because i have created it, i've created the career that i want mm-hmm. i mean i am absolutely thrilled to get up and start my day um because i do what i want to do with the people that i want to do it with yeah and, and, and there's, that's... you know there's no second guessing uh, I haven't, I, you know, I have had failures, failures along the way. You know, businesses that I've started that haven't gone the way I thought they would. Mm. But it's kind of like the stock market. As long as you have more winners than losers. Yes. <laughs> and you've had a pretty darn good career, right? And yeah. pretty good life. And, and I will tell you that those failures um, have taught me lessons that I wouldn't be the person that I am if I didn't have those. And if I didn't have those struggles, mm. someone recently asked me, what would you tell your younger self? And I said, mm. honestly, I wouldn't tell him anything. Because yeah. if I didn't have to go through those struggles, and if I didn't have to grind, I wouldn't appreciate where I am now without Very having true. to go through those struggles. Mm. And, and I don't want things to be easy. You know, no. I, want yeah. to, I want to find challenges and things. I still challenge myself. Every, and that's why I start new businesses. That's why I uh, in, in, invest in things that I see as a challenge. Mm. Um, starting new physical ventures, um, you know, that come along out of the blue. I'm now, um, my path now, and this happened because of the research that I have done for the longevity of my clientele. Um, two of the most important components of longevity, of long life. Mm. are grip strength and balance really yes grip strength oh. and balance are two correlations in longevity so do research that again that's yeah, what i, I do check that how, how do i get my clients to live longer you know yeah. functional things i want my people to be able to unscrew lids as they go, get you i want them to be able to get up out of the chair without having to push on something mm. uh, i want them not to fall i want them to have good balance because When you fall, you break a lot of times. Yes. So so grip strength, functional, basic, everyday kind of things. Uh, While doing that, it it all kind of came together at a time when um, shortly after I started my publishing company with my amazing business partner in New York, uh, Kelly Watson is her name. Um, um, We were hired to do a book for... um, a, an American ninja warrior. His name is Daniel Gill. Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact, he won the show. Some of you will know the show others. I don't know if you know, but, uh, Daniel Gill was one of the top still is one of the top American ninja warriors. He won the show in 2020, I think it was. Um, and through that process, it kind of spurred a little interest in me and challenged me to try some of the things that he was doing, because what is involved in a lot of that upper body stuff, grip strength. In a horizontal pattern, in a vertical pattern, in a wide, small. I mean, every kind of way you can imagine you're holding on to things or you fall. (laughs) And so it encouraged me to try. And I got to tell you, I fell in love with it. You know, I was uh, an almost 60 year old man when I started doing it. Now I'm 61. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it a couple of years. And I love training for American Ninja Warrior. My goal is to be the oldest competitor to finish a course on the show.
0: Yeah, I think I saw some of your, your posts on your, your social media yeah. account, of you going through a course, and it, it was pretty awesome. Have,
1: I'm having a blast yeah. playing like a little kid. Yeah. And I'm excited to go work out, you know, because it's something that I enjoy. And it is specific to what the research tells me will help me endure healthfully. Mm. Yes. Know, I think there are too many people that are relying on medications to get them up mm-hmm. in the morning and medications to go to bed at night. My goal is to go through my whole life without medication. Yes. And, and, you know, I'm also I'm a 61-year-old man. I'm drug-free, alcohol-free, tobacco-free for the first 61 years of my life. And I have no intention to start that nonsense <laughs> at any stage, you know. So, um, yeah. you know, God willing, uh, it, it is something that that's my intention is to do this naturally uh, for as long and as best I can.
0: I'm right there with you. I think that's a, an awesome mentality. And I think that just plays a role into everything of how you look at things and, you know, and Kind of like, like to how you run your business basically how you run your life. I mean more importantly like, we, like you're building a life, not just a business. Right. Uh, I think that's like kind of like the big overarching message of everything that you've been sharing is that you have built your life um, yes. and you're not just chasing the money or anything like that because like when, when you do that like that you see that in people. you see how they make their decisions uh, it affects it affects everything in the quality of your life. Um, so when you've come at it from the perspective like you have of building your life first and focusing on quality, it shows uh, and, and it's a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> it seems it like really it seems is. like you're definitely enjoying your
1: life I, um, I, I am more blessed than than I deserve <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and like, so on that note, I want to since like you have obviously been in the industry um, for some time um, you've been through a lot of different changes in the space and, and, and evolutions of the fitness industry. Kind of, what's your take on things, and like, kind of, where do you see priority moving into twenty twenty two Like, do you see it changing at all, or or uh, is it going to be like kind of doubling down on what's already the focus?
1: Well, yeah, I think you know ev- evolution occurs in any industry, right? And mm-hmm. we're seeing more and more of that, and and sometimes it's forced on you, other times it happens more gradually more organically. Um, But, you know, I think you're going to see because of what happened during COVID, um, you're going to see the digital platforms still maintain and you're going to see more of, I think, a a hybrid of in-person because people still need that human contact, not Mm. just through the screen, but that physical eye-to-eye, face-to-face, in-person contact. So I think you're going to see kind of the hybrid model of the in-person Slash hybrid digital platform continue. Um, I think you're seeing you're you're seeing a lot of it, but you're going to see even more of it. The mind body connection mm. of fitness. It's not just going through the motions, but having a purpose behind those motions, bringing the mindset into it. And you know whether it be this is important to understand is whether it be in sports, in business, in weight loss, in anything in life. If the six inches between your ears isn't there, you're not going to be successful. It all starts with the six inches between your ears. So I think you're going to see more of a focus on that mind-body connection. And I also think you're going to see a whole lot more of the recovery platforms as part of the process of the fitness or wellness Mm -hmm. industry. Um, You know, I I think it's also important to find people in your life to guide you. And I will just tell you that going back to um, the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, um, I was in Nick's very first mastermind group. Mm -hmm. It's important to be around people um, that can, you know, bring together that like mindedness and help each other and encourage each other. My yes. first mentor in the industry was a guy named Jack LaLanne. Harrison. Now, some of you are too young to even know who he is or remember him as the juicer guy on late you, yeah. <laughs> but truth be told. Um, and I know this because I, I go back a long way with Jack LaLanne and I'm actually writing a biography with his wife uh, oh, wow. called uh, Pride and Discipline, the Legacy of Jack LaLanne, which will launch in early 2022. But, um, um, he invented virtually every piece of equipment that you see in, a, every, in a, a health club today. He invented the leg extension, the leg curl machine. He invented the first, first Smith machine. It was called the squat machine back then. Wow! He invented the first resistance band training program. Jeez. He was the first virtual trainer. He had the first TV show. Starting in 1951, it went for 33 years. Wow. He was, he was, he is the godfather of fitness. He isn't just the juicer guy. So, you know, he he was my first mentor in the industry. Another guy you may know, a guy named Fred Hatfield. People Mm -hmm. will know him as Dr. Squat. Yeah. (laughs) the first man to squat a thousand pounds uh, in competition. Uh, And then a guy named Todd, Todd Durkin. Uh, who is uh, a wonderful, wonderful friend. Uh, He's 10 years younger than I, but I consider him a mentor. He's the one that actually encouraged me to start my publishing company with Kelly uh, five years ago. And um, it was because he saw what I had done. I've written over 30 books and uh, he saw that I had a system. I wasn't looking to start a publishing company, but he saw that I had a system in doing it. And he also saw that the industry was hungry for what I was doing. I didn't realize it. He came to me and said, Greg, I would encourage you to create something, a system that helped other businesses in our industry, other fitness leaders share their message with the world. And I can remember vividly saying to him, Todd, I've got a full-time job. I don't need another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But that seed that he planted festered for a couple of years. Hmm. And as I started to research, I actually did a survey within the industry. And there was a New York Times uh, article that came out several years ago that showed that over eight out of 10 Americans wanted to write a book wow, and less than 1% of them ever followed through with doing it. Jeez. And so it's like, okay, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to dig into this. Todd's onto something. So I mm-hmm. started to research fitness business owners. And my survey came back, our survey, I should say, Kelly and, I, and my survey came back and showed that 90%, nine out of 10 fitness business owners wanted to write a book, but they just had no idea how to do it. Yeah. And it wow. was like, okay, Todd. You win. Yeah, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to do something it. here. And, and here's the crazy thing, Justin. Before we had our website built, we had over 80 fitness authors under contract. Wow. Before we could build our website. Jeez. And we have just been on a, brock and, uh, brock, uh, uh, a bucking Bronco ever since. <laughs> because, you know, we have just been gangbusters and we've now been worked with over 200 authors and published, um, several, uh, reality TV stars, books, uh, gold medal Olympic gold medalist, silver medalist, bronze medalist. Um, I mean, we have just been on a roll and it was all because of a seed planted by an amazing friend and mentor that helped walk me down that path that Mm -hmm. I didn't see.
0: Yeah. No, that's crucial. Cause I mean, mean it's, be we're too close there. to things sometimes. I mean, exactly. and it's, you need some people that can that are looking at things from a different perspective. Um, Cause like, you know, like with everything, I mean, we get used to seeing something every single day, we kind of take it for granted over time um, and where somebody else sees it for the first time and they are like, Whoa, what's going on here? Like, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> like they you challenge you. Yeah. A
1: good mentor challenges you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and even though I've been in the industry 40 years, I love a good challenge. I love a good challenge. You know, I mean, without challenge, the number one thing that will kill a business that will kill a spirit is complacency. Yes, absolutely. So Don't, I I would just encourage you not to allow yourself to become complacent. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think that, that ties into like what you're saying like obviously like not striving for easy i mean like you shouldn't want to strive for easy because easy <laughs> obviously leads to complacency and then you eventually you know, you're, you're basically on a death spiral then you know, once you realize it you know, yeah. yeah. and it's interesting how a lot of people chase um easy yeah, yeah like they, they they want the, the like the quick thing like okay let's let's find the, the magic facebook ad that's going to Change everything for my business, and it's like, well, what is that really going to do long term? Like, is yeah. it is it something that's actually going to have the impact that you want? Is it something that's sustainable? Yeah. Um, and that's what you need to to pay attention to. So I think that's a, a fantastic point to to really highlight. And on that note, uh, I want to work towards obviously wrapping up the conversation. I mean, this has been fantastic. I mean, like, I would love to have you come back on to to dive some into these some of these areas a little bit deeper, uh, but uh toward like in the sense of working towards wrapping up the conversation as i mentioned to you before uh i was like to kind of end things with kind of your last uh kind of thoughts or either words of inspiration or advice if a gym owner came to you looking for support based on your journey and your perspective uh, and with what thing how things are going on right now like what do you feel is the most important thing that they need to hear on their journey
1: yeah, the, I think the single most important thing is not to do it by yourself. Don't, don't become a, a one-man island or a one-man show or a one-man operation. You have to be encouraged by people that have gone before you and that have done it and, and can help challenge you not to find the easy way, but to find the way. Mm -hmm. And, and again, as I mentioned earlier, I I wouldn't tell my younger self anything because, because without that struggle, you have to, you have to have the challenge and go through some of the struggle to appreciate the career and the life you have built. And, and again, I just wake up every day uh, with, with gratitude and, and feeling more blessed um, uh, than, than anyone I know. And, and, and it's, and I say this in a, in a kind of a half-hearted joking sort of way, but, uh, I may be the most successful person you'll ever see. And I don't say that because I know some people have more money. Some people may have more fame, but Mm. what I have is exactly what I want. Yeah. (laughs) And And that's so huge is, is successful to me. Yeah. That is, that is so true.
0: I think it's like. I think that, again, one of the beautiful things with you and your story and your journey is you've never, you haven't lost your way. You haven't molded into something that you're not. And a lot of people just as they go through life, not even just in business, just in life, like they kind of lose themselves. And and that's where I feel like they get into this place of um, regret and, and um, like, like anxiety and stress. And and, and it's like they don't know what to do and how to get it back. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, like and that can lead. Thing. Yeah. And Justin, just kind of maybe wrap up, I don't know how much time we have, but but I think a lot of times that anxiety and that frustration leads to a term that I personally can't stand. And that's when I hear someone come to me and tell me that they're burned out. Mm. And burnout is something that I absolutely don't allow in my vocabulary, my mindset vocabulary, because once you say it, you start to believe it and you start to live it. Mm-hmm. And if you, you've you got to feed those six inches between your ears, positivity, not negativity, and burnout is negativity.
0: Yes. I could not agree more. I, that's a... Uh yeah i mean obviously what what you say is just the beginning process of the belief system and like and if you keep saying it then your actions are going to be in alignment because your body's like okay well i need to make sure that's happening (laughs) and, and it's going to become a thing um so i think that's a a great way to wrap up the conversation and a powerful way to wrap up the conversation. Greg, I mean, this really has been such a pleasure being able to talk with you. And and thank you so much for your time, but also more importantly to your dedication to this industry as a whole. I mean, you've definitely have had a huge part in uh, kind of shaping this industry and and impacting so many people with what they've been doing within it.
1: Well, thank you for the kind words. It was 100% my pleasure.
0: And for anybody that's listening that would like to continue the conversation with you or reach out uh, and have questions on anything that you, you brought up and want to talk on it further, what's the, the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Yeah, you know, on, on Facebook, it's Greg Justice One. And uh, my website, my main website is gregjustice.com. And you can contact me through either of those. And uh, I, I always look forward to hearing uh, from the industry.
0: And I, I do encourage you guys to do it. I mean, if you feel all inclined to uh, connect with Greg, then do it. Like, if, you, if you've been listening to our conversation, then you'll you'll understand the power of that and how that can open up doors um, when you reach out, put yourself out there, and and connect with people. Because obviously, this is an industry of relationships. So, making yes. sure that you're creating relationships is important. Um, so I encourage you to definitely connect with Greg and and if you're in a place where you're listening to this where you may not be able to remember uh, his links or anything, don't worry, we'll have them in the show notes as well, so you can easily access it there and connect with Greg. Uh, and last thing, I just want to thank you, the listener, obviously, because if we you weren't listening, we wouldn't have a show. So I, I appreciate you, and I'm happy that you're looking for ways and resources to improve your business. That's so important as we continue this journey to never stop being that student. Uh, but now the most important part is taking what you hear and learn and then applying it. So don't let this just be another story that you hear. Uh, Really re-listen to this episode, take notes, and then write down what your action steps will be. So you know how you're actually going to be moving forward, not just, uh, again, letting this collect virtual dust, if you will. So take action uh, and then you'll be able to see the value from it. Uh, With that being said, I, I look forward to having you join us in the next episode of the Fitness Business Freedom Show. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Fitness Business Freedom Show. On behalf of Fitness Revolution and myself, we are thrilled you are looking for ways and resources to move your business forward, and we are honored to be that source for you. If you would like to receive more business building support from us, be sure to head over to the show notes and join our subscriber list and stay on top of all the industry insights that matter most to you. Now, before I close out today's show, If you found this episode beneficial in any way, I just ask you to leave us a simple review to help other gym owners find us and discover this show. Thank you so much, and I will see you on the next episode of the Fitness Business Freedom Show.